Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So we are, this is one of our More Than Mom episodes. We air them a couple of Sundays a month, and they are our chance to set aside motherhood and parenting topics and talk about something totally different. I'm really excited about this one. Me too. (laughs) So today we're talking about- We're going to be grumpy. Well, but we have a lot to say, and I guarantee you guys- have had experiences and opinions about this too. So we're talking about hospitality and customer service, not the hospitality in your own home, but the hospitality industry, hotels and restaurants, customer service. Um, we had some interesting experiences recently while traveling at a hotel that we'll get into in the second half of the show, but that's what prompted us to think like, what does it mean what, to have a great customer service experience? Yes. I think that's what's really interesting to talk about because it's a little, there's like a secret sauce kind of for what makes. Right. It's like, it's a little, di- the specifics are a little bit different for everybody, but I feel like there's this overall attitude, like a through line that yes. is the same for everyone. So yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing better than having a phenomenal server at a restaurant or just like an impeccable yep. hotel experience. It's not always the highest end too. You can have great service. Very true. For a mid-range price and vice versa. Um, and you and I have also both worked in specifically the restaurant industry, but other aspects of customer service. So we'll get into that as well. I'm really excited. Me too. Well, before we dive into that, we are excited to welcome back Buffy as a sponsor. Um, I was eager to give Buffy a try because I'd heard great things. In fact, there are over 11,000 reviews with people raving about how soft and fluffy Buffy comforters are. So here's what makes Buffy comforters so soft and comfortable. They're actually made from a different kind of material than a typical comforter would be, and it's less wasteful than cotton and hyperallergenic. And get this, this is so crazy. The interior is made from recycled plastic bottles that are then transformed into the soft, fluffy fiber. And each Buffy comforter keeps about 50 bottles out of landfills and oceans, which I think is awesome. But I, when I heard, you know, plastic bottles, I thought that sounds like kind of right? hot or crinkly or something <laughs> weird. It's not. It's, it's really cool. It's super soft and fluffy. It doesn't get too hot like a lot of bedspreads and comforters do. And Sarah, I know you were impressed by it too, right? I honestly, I couldn't picture what this recycled plastic bottles inside my bedding. I, my mind could <laughs> not wrap itself around that, but we are in love. And I say we because my husband and I have very different temperature and like bedding preferences. And I don't know, it's been more than 30 days at least. And we are beyond happy with our Buffy comforter. That's awesome. Well, Buffy does actually offer a complimentary trial. So you can try it to see if it's the right choice for you. You get to try it in your own home for 30 days, which is enough time, I feel like, to get to figure out whether you like something or not. And then if you don't love it, you can return it for free. Um, We've also got a great deal that's going to make it even easier for you to try Buffy. We're going to give you $20 off your comforter. So just go to Buffy.co. That's .co, not .com and enter the mom hour to get $20 off your Buffy comforter. Again, go to Buffy.co and enter the mom hour for 20 bucks. I love off it. Your comforter. <laughs> love it. Um, well, I also wanted to remind everybody that we have a really handy Amazon store page set up at amazon.com slash shop slash the mom hour. We have these curated lists on this page, like kids clothes and gear for summer and our favorite parenting books. And it visually, it just kind of lays out our favorite Amazon products and a lot of the products we mentioned here on the show. And then the way that works is we're part of the Amazon affiliates program, which means that when you browse our shop and click through to make a purchase, we earn a little extra money that we use to continue to grow and improve the show. Yeah, I just bought the Vivir double hammock, which I'm super excited about. And a couple other things. 
to make my backyard a real hangout haven this summer. So we've decided to add a spring improvement section so that you guys can see what we're trying out and loving as you're planning your spring and summer fun. I love this. So guys, head to amazon.com slash shop slash the mom hour and check out Megan's new hammock and the other stuff we're coveting for spring. Again, it's amazon.com slash shop slash the mom hour. All right, Megan, you ready? I am ready. Okay. So let's talk about what kind of customer service or hospitality jobs we've personally had. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, well, my first one that I can remember, and, and I think it's my first one, it was a car hop when I was 15 and 16. I did two summers. What is that? And that's just, What's a car hop? It's like, a, it's like an old-fashioned um, like old restaurant where you drive in, like a oh, drive-in restaurant. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then the waitresses bring, or it's typically waitresses, they bring the food to your car with a little tray and yeah. put it on your window. Okay. And um, so that was my first serving experience. And I worked at a few different restaurants on and off from like 17 to 25, like like right around 17, 18, I had like a little spate of them. Yeah. And then there was this family restaurant my sister worked in forever, like two decades. Mm-hmm. And I worked there on and off when I lived in um, in her town for, well, I lived there, it was my town for about eight years. So yeah. that was like a couple of evenings or maybe a weekend or something like that. So it was kind of on and off. I worked a year or two in retail. I worked at JCPenney for a long time. Um, I worked at the Bombay company for a couple of weeks and then completely forgot I worked at the Bombay company until I just thought of it. <laughs> I forgot that the uh, Bombay company existed until you yeah, just Yeah, remember said how that. awesome that place was? Yeah. Uh, you could get all of your, it was kind of like world market, right? Yes. But it was like the earlier version of it and smaller. And like, I feel like a little more upscale, uh-huh. um, but maybe that was just my, you know, 17 year old self <laughs> thinking it was upscale. It was probably not really. Um, but I worked at JCPenney in like the women's section and then I worked in watch repair Nice. Um, isn't that funny? And like, I was, I kind of bounced all over the place at JCPenney. And then I know it doesn't exactly count, but when I was temping, I worked in like office jobs. I did tons of like first line customer service yeah. kind of stuff, like first person on the phone. And there's so many things that oh, yeah. are similar. I couldn't even begin to name all of those, but like, there's so many similarities. You're not dealing with people aren't there to be uh, hosted yeah. or served, but you're still serving them in a different way. It's, so it's, I think it there's counts. a ton of overlap, I think, especially when you're that yeah. first line and you're answering questions. Yep. It's a lot of the same stuff. So I worked in restaurants um, from when I was 17 to about 24 as really my, I mean, I didn't work full time all the time, but if I had a job, it was in a restaurant. So starting as a host, hostess, and then like also kind of like a barista or like deli counter behind the counter, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually table service and a little bit of fine dining. Um, and then I would say like, um, kind of gastro pub type, like people still expected a really good experience. It wasn't white tablecloth, fine dining. Um, I worked in a couple, I I worked in three restaurants in that time period. So I worked at each one for a couple of years. So I had long-term, you know, long-term restaurant. And then I never worked in hotels, but in, when I was working in my twenties, um, I worked at a lot of events that took place at hotels. And I was usually working with the event organizers where our team and the hotel event staff were sort of, we were working together because we had the same clients, right? The clients were the people staying at the hotel, but they were also the ones paying to attend our event. So I worked like side by side with a lot of like catering managers or meeting planners at hotels. And there's a lot of obviously hospitality that goes in to that. That's kind of my history. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So it sounds like we both have done a fair amount. We did. And then we, and then we had kids and started serving other kinds <laughs> they of serve small them. demanding people, <laughs> irrational customers. Yep. Okay. So let's just talk about like what, 
to you defines hospitality? And I can go first on this one. Sure. And I, I thought a lot about this after our experience in Palm mm-hmm. Springs, which we'll get into. Um, I think to me, hospitality, no matter where you are, is an attitude of wanting people to feel comfortable in your space. Um, mm-hmm. y- and you doesn't mean you have to go overboard and grant people's every whim. I mean, I know as a server, there were, I had to, you have to be able to say, no, we don't offer that or no, I can't do that. It's against our policy. Like, so it's not that you have to grant everybody's every whim, but I think you can still communicate through your attitude and your words and your actions that you're willing to um, really take the extra step for someone else's comfort. Um, yeah. And I think that can happen at any price point at any level. Another big one that came up for me as I thought about this is I feel really well taken care of when somebody really knows their product or their venue or whatever it is and really takes ownership of it. So um, we're going to get into our pet peeves a little later. But one thing that bugs me is when uh, someone at a restaurant doesn't know the menu very well and a, a full full pass if somebody's brand new. But if you're brand new, you can also say, you know what, I just started or you know what, we just changed our menu. Let me grab someone for you who really can answer. So I feel I just feel taken care of when somebody really knows the answer to my questions and and almost like has an attitude of ownership for you know, oh my gosh, I love this menu. Let me tell you my favorite parts or, you know, this, this dish takes a little bit longer. Just want to let you know. So it's, it's somewhat, you don't know the the space or the menu because right. you're the guest. If they have that really deep knowledge and can use that knowledge to take care of your comfort, that to me is hospitality. Uh, yeah, same. I, I think I really liken it to the way I would want to host people in my home. So there's the graciousness making an effort. Um, you know, like you said, like, you know, I might not always have exactly what a guest needs and I'm talking about in my house or if I was in a service position, but like, I will do what I can to help them. I'll work hard to get it for them. uh, Make a situation right. Like in my home, I want to know where the toilet paper is in case they need it. Right. Yeah. Like, and I want them to know where the toilet paper is or whatever the hand towels, like the soap, whatever it is. Like, I want to make sure I don't ever want someone in my home to feel uncomfortable. And that's kind of the same way I felt when I was in service. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what it really boils down to for me is like, I want to feel like they're happy that I'm there and not an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And that is like, we'll get into this too, but that's like a very cultural thing. Like mm-hmm. sometimes uh, certain restaurants or hotels or whatever have the culture that you walk in and you, everyone is thrilled that you're there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you walk in and you are a bother mm-hmm. and it comes through loud and clear. It's almost like the details are not as important as mm-hmm. that overall like you said, ownership yeah. and pride and, and basically yeah. just wanting to take care of people because yeah. you want them to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, well, let's get into the restaurant thing since we both sure. um, have spent some time there. So do you have a favorite kind of server in a restaurant, like just the type of server you love to be taken care of by? Yeah, you want to go first on this one? Okay. Um, okay. I So, okay, I've already mentioned. Uh, somebody who knows the menu really well and isn't afraid to give recommendations when asked. I actually, I love to eat out and I love food. And I the process of making a decision about what to eat is like, it's... It, I mean, it's not like life or death, but it's important. And so a lot, I will often ask for recommendations or ask between a couple of dishes. And so I do love when someone's not afraid to give opinions. You can tell that they're not giving just the standard answer. Um, Like, well, the most popular is this, but the ones where, oh, you like this. Okay, well, you might like this. So I I do love that. Um, I also love when a server can read the mood of the group and the Mm -hmm. table, because sometimes you're in the mood for a server to just help be the life of the party and be really involved and chatty and kind of buddy, buddy with you. And sometimes you're not for various reasons. And so I, I really notice when servers can pick up on that and sort of match the vibe of the table. So if you're with a group of girlfriends 
and you haven't seen each other in two years and you're going to spend the whole time chatting, you don't really need your server to do it, be, be anything other than just attentive, gracious, yeah. you know, be there when you need them. Um, but then other times I've had times when a server can really like add to the festiveness and like they're funny and cracking jokes. So I think a good server can read that and participate at the level you want, you, you know, that, that makes it an experience. Yeah, totally agree. Like I, like there's that inobtrusiveness about yes. it. Like, mm-hmm. like they're there and some of them, some servers are just so good. Like you don't even, they're not hovering Yeah, and you don't even know they're watching you, but somehow they know, they, like they just know it's time to pop up yep. and take care of things. And you know, I really don't love the feeling and we'll talk about this in our pet peeves but like I don't love having to sit with my head cranked around and try to like stare down the server so that they'll notice me like stuff like that like I just kind of want them to just kind of know which means kind of that active watching without over serving um I know you have mentioned before Sarah that you don't love it when servers don't write things down I'm always like super impressed if they can do it I'm impressed but like, but like, I'd rather they just wrote it down because well, fun- I don't want to sit there and have to worry that they're not getting it right. The funny thing is I did this all the time when I was a server. And yeah, I forgot to mention this, but um, so I, it's a total hypocrite thing because I worked in a really busy brunch. We had a really busy brunch shift in Chicago. We, we were the latest brunch in the city. So you could come get like eggs Benedict to like four in the afternoon and we would be busy from 10 a.m. to one or two in the afternoon solid. And when you take brunch orders, it's often like an omelet with different, you know, different ingredients. People are creating their own omelet. There's different sides. And I could take a six tops breakfast order without writing stuff down. I just, I did it for so long. I knew our menu so well. So I totally used to do that. And now when people do it, it makes me nervous. I just feel like they're going to miss something. Like just write it down. I know you're good. And I know you're probably not going to miss something, but it just makes me feel better. So So. we have a funny thing kind of along those lines, like in our, in our little town, um, there is a old fashioned diner. I'm talking like the kind of place where you can get two eggs, bacon, hash browns and toast for like $6 or what, you know, it's just like an old fashioned diner. Mm -hmm. And for some in the whole place can't have more than 15 tables. Mm -hmm. I'd be surprised if there's more than that. I actually think there's probably 12. It's like, like five booths on each side and then two tables in the middle. Anyway. Um, they just went to this system where everyone has a tablet and oh. nobody knows how to use the tablet. <laughs> so they're all standing at the table and we're just waiting for them to screw up. Like everyone looks tense because we'll yeah. be like, okay, my like want my eggs over a medium. And then this woman who's probably worked at this restaurant for 35 years. Oh my gosh. Is now has this tablet and she's like trying to figure out what to punch into the tablet. And I'm just on pins and needles. Like this is not gonna. No one's happy here. Like right. you're you're 20 feet from the kitchen. You could yell the order yeah. to the kitchen, and they could hear you. This this seems like Ugh. trying to add technology in a way that's not actually helping anyone at all. And I found that to be the technology is being awkwardly introduced in some restaurants. Right. And I think that like there's nothing nothing beats a good old little green pad. Right. Right. You know, yes. just jot it down. Write it down. <laughs> Write, it, write down. it down. And if it's too sloppy, rewrite it before you hand it to the cooks. But yeah. like it just to me, it kind of cracked me up because it's <laughs> like they tried to take writing things down to the next level, but somehow managed to devolve. Yeah. yeah. While doing that. Oh, my gosh. So, so funny. Yeah. Um, OK, so let's flip flip this around now. When you yeah. were in service, did you have a kind of a favorite type of customer or a pet peeve, like your least favorite type of customer? Oh, um. Well, I guess there's two, I'll answer those two different questions. So the first thing, 
like my one of my pet peeves was if you had like a big table and you'd come to the table and one person would ask for something and you'd go get that thing oh, and then yes. right when you get back someone else wants something different yes. but it's like the, like they're both a drink refill yes. or like whatever it is everyone wants water but nobody drinks their water i know that's like a too, super common yeah. complaint from servers um but another thing that like as far as like the type of cuz i know that just happens at big yeah. tables not yeah. people aren't paying attention to the servers needs they're all everyone's hectic and talking and like there's a lot going on and so you're not really noticing what someone down the table is doing but like the type of customer that would bug me would be the ones that would just like would come in with this entitlement yeah and then just kind of sit there and take up space like as long as they possibly could and ask for like tons of refills tons of service like long after their dinner was done and then leave me a really crappy tip so they're they've taken up a table yeah they've left a mess like, so I've been losing money on this table. Yeah. And then in the end, they still don't even leave me a good tip. And yeah. typically I found that those people were also not very nice to me. Like it's yeah. just yeah, there's it certain is, types. It, is, there's, totally. it all goes hand in hand. Yes. How about you? Well, I have a couple of really specific things that bugged me. Um, one is that if there is a sign that says, please wait to be seated and the host isn't uh-huh. there, you do not grab the nearest booth and sit <laughs> yourself down. <laughs> right. Even, even if it's clean and it looks empty and that's going to be maybe the table that you end up in. It's just to me is the biggest insult. Talk about like the flip side of hospitality is being a gracious guest and to right. walk in and the very first thing says, please wait to be seated. And anyone who's worked in restaurants, no, there's like, there's all <laughs> kinds of things that go into where you seat somebody. There's, there's a million different things. And then sometimes yeah. they would do it at a dirty table. If we were busy, yeah, someone had just gotten up. The table hadn't been bust yet. Now they're going in, and and there could be a wait list. There, could, I mean, that table right. could be someone else's, and it's very hard to get people then to get Out. up and leave because <laughs> yes. then they really feel like it's their table. To me, that is just it is the biggest like metaphorical middle finger, and it just gets things. It's so rude. It's so entitled. It starts um, things off on the wrong oh, foot. It's just like it's real simple. Please wait to be seated. Like just yep. can you follow that one rule, and then we're going to serve you and create a great experience. Um, the other one that bugged me was when people would do gestures across a crowded restaurant, like, you know, needing the check or like they'd wave a beer bottle, like they'd wave an empty beer <laughs> bottle in the air. And like, okay, I get it. If they're trying to save you a trip over there and it's really simple, but it's some, it made me feel really like low to just have like monkey gestures, like point it, you know, like, like yeah. pantomimed at me for what? Well, what about, what about like a gesture, like a come hither gesture? Like I need you. Absolutely. Like a, like a gesture. Yeah. Catch your eye across the restaurant or raise your hand a little bit. Totally. I would hustle right over there, but, um, it's the, let me tell you what I need in big exaggerated pantomime <laughs> from across the right. room. I don't know. Now it, I'm hoping that's not something that I've done to try to help somebody out. And then yeah, and I sometimes can, I also feel like it probably depends on the place. Like there's definitely places where you're at a, sitting at a bar and the bar yes. way down at the other end and you've yes. got an empty bar bottle. You can just kind of go. I totally, like, and I can totally see times where it makes sense and doesn't feel rude. The times when it was done to me, it felt, uh, it just felt kind of gross. Well, I could, you know, and also I think the fact that we were both serving tables when we were young makes mm-hmm. a difference too, because they're definitely, especially, I'm just going to say it, older male tables like yep. full mm-hmm. of dudes, Yep, like almost like pat you on the head. Like, aren't you so yes. cute? Cause you're yes. a server kind of thing. And it was a certain type and I would get really ruffled about yes. some things that they did, like almost like a, like a pack behavior mm-hmm. um, that I found in- extremely insulting where maybe in a different situation, I wouldn't. So yeah. it's just interesting. Like, again, it's, it's like, just don't insult people. Right. <laughs> like, 
just think about how someone will want to be treated. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we're still, we're still talking about, we're still ranting. We're still ranting, but we're flipping the tables yet again. Yeah. And we're going back to being the guest. So, um, I, I have one pet peeve for when I'm a guest. I don't know if you want to go first or I can go first, but, um, I'll go first. Okay. So, so I guess my biggest one, I have a very long fuse for service. Like, yeah, I'm I do not too. I do super, too. Yeah. I'm not a super stickler for details. Like what it is for me is more a feeling like when someone just disappoints, they people just give up on you. Like yeah. when people come and they're all up in your face and they want your order because they don't want to wait, they don't want to be patient. So it's like, hurry up and wait. Right. And then they just disappear. Yeah. And then they drop your food off or someone else drops the food off. And then no one comes back to check on you. Yeah. You haven't been served in that case. You've been seated and food thrown at you. It's yeah. not the same. It's <laughs> yes. not the same thing. And it happens Kind of a lot. The other thing is when you ask a question, like kind of what you were saying about the menu, uh -huh. like when you ask a question that you feel is perfectly reasonable and you just get like this blank stare and then you feel like you're the stupid one. Like, yes. and it can be anything from what's in this soup base yeah, to like, what's the soup today? Right. Or like, it could be anything. And sometimes there's a way of not knowing, or there's a way of that being a really basic question, but you still answer it because how is the customer supposed to know? Right. Um, and there's just sometimes there's just this blank stare. I, I you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Because mm -hmm. we got it a lot in Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah, yeah. It, is, it is like, who are you to ask that question? Or why would I bother? It's just, right. it's an attitude. Yeah, it is an attitude. Um, what about you? Okay. So a big pet peeve for me is um, when a server or a whoever, a person in hospitality acts put out or annoyed before I've given them reason to. And I, I say that because I also have a long fuse for service. We were in line for a long time um, in Phoenix recently. It wasn't uh, hospitality. We were going to a museum and there was one person taking or selling tickets. And Brian, right. Brian was so annoyed because they had all these stations or there could have been four or five ticket takers and there was only one. And I, I said, you know what? That does not bother me. I just assume they're understaffed or the line got long that no one is being rude or unaccommodating. They maybe didn't plan well, but to me, that's right. different than like a real failure of hospitality. But anyway, so I have a long fuse. I can be very patient. But when, um, if you go in with a bunch of kids and they treat you like these kids are going to be so rambunctious right. and annoying before they've, before they've had a chance to, I mean, I'm, I admit I have been a table full of crying toddlers before. I've also been that annoying table full of women who are catching up and pay no attention to the server. That's an annoying table for a server. If the ladies can't stop talking enough to look at the menu and they just literally sit there forever and no one can make a decision. Like I get it. I've been there, but don't treat me like I'm one of those people, one of those tables. If I haven't given you reason to, it's like acting. Well, you should never yeah. treat a table like they're annoying, even if they are. Like, That's true. That's <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Like yeah. no matter what you shouldn't, because you, first of all, you have no idea what's going on. And secondly, they might leave you an amazing tip. Right. You don't know. Like you can't really pre like, yes, they might annoy you, but that's what you're, you're in the business of dealing with annoying people. Exactly. Like, and there's something that just sets me off when I can tell I'm being like put into this like assumption that it's being assumed right. I'm a certain. And I actually, bartenders will do it sometimes too. Like bartenders, if you go in for one drink and they can just tell like, okay, these ladies are going to have one glass of wine. They're going to take yep. up space in my bar. They're going to talk for an hour and a half. Like I know this type and I can tell when I'm being typed and it bugs me. Anyway, no. that's mine. Um, I know. Yeah, hot on that one. Fired up. Okay, before we take <laughs> our break, one more question. Do you have a particularly, like, comically awful customer service experience that comes to mind? Not you counting. Know, not counting. Not counting. The Paul one Springs. we're going to talk um, about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, so 
I will just say like when I when you ask this question, I probably have one like once a year, twice a year where I'm just like, come on, people. And again, like we both have these long fuses for it, but I have a point where I snap. Mm-hmm. Um, so one that <laughs> I'm thinking that. of, I saw you it. Saw, <laughs> it probably that happens even less frequently, like the, the yeah. part where I snap. But I had an experience a few years ago. This just kind of summarizes like everything where it was all of the things I hate. So I was out with a group. <laughs> And they sat us in a weird spot, first of all, where like it wouldn't be easy to take care of us, which was kind of like can be a pet peeve of mine. Like, don't make this harder on yourself than it has to be. Yeah. Right. Um, I, the server didn't seem very experienced. He didn't know anything like this just didn't know anything yeah. at all about the menu, about the drink menu. He brought he went to the table, asked for everyone's drink order, but nobody had a drink menu. So everyone else like kind of knew what they wanted. Like they all got like, I don't know, Corona's or something. Yeah. But I wanted to look at a drink menu. He brought them all their drinks and then brought me a drink menu. Oh, so first of all, like what? Now I feel like an idiot because I'm just I feel weird. Yeah. So I finally then he disappears for a while. Then I order my drink. Then he like takes everyone's food order. So like some food is going before I even have my drink. So everything is coming like all out of order. And like half the time people either like are some people are finishing and some people are just getting oh, aspects of their terrible. food and it's just being dropped off by random people and our server is gone like completely just disappeared <laughs> and there comes a point where I just sit back in my chair and just start waiting yeah. like waiting to see how much they're gonna screw up like yes, I can't like, even enjoy myself anymore yeah. it's the principle of the thing yes. I start to get really angry like yes. I, I flip a switch and I can deal with lots of mistakes yeah me too lots of stuff but if I'm abandoned or not treated well I get <laughs> mad and if it's pervasive and it's happening over and over and over I get even madder so this comes to the point where I'm sitting there like okay I'm gonna take speak to the manager and everyone's like oh boy oh boy <laughs> Megan's fired up and I was like so I went and found a manager and was just laid it out like this is what happened this 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 and this happened it was terrible their attitude was awful like and in, and the manager just has this look on their face like get this lady out of my office yeah, I can't remember why I ended up in his office. Like someone <laughs> led me to his office. Ooh. I was like, okay, this feels very official. Um, I just couldn't take it any longer. So I've had other experiences similar to that, but that's just one that stands out. No. And you know, as you were talking, what I was thinking of is um, great servers have a really good sense of timing. So like the drink menu one is a really good example of like, that's the highest priority because first of all, it's really quick to grab. And second of all, if you don't get it, then the timing, just like you said, everything gets off. So right. it, it's like, you kind of have to know what things, like I always order a side of ranch with my fries because I love fries dipped in ranch. Yeah, It's almost always they forget it because it's not, it, the right. ketchup comes automatically. And I, I always ask for it when I order, but you almost always have to remind them. Well, that's something that if it doesn't come right away, my fries are cold and I've eaten right. half my meal. So like, you have to kind of know like, okay, this is an immediate, it's a, it's a small need, but it, it, it is an immediate need. Whereas like other right. things happen over a longer period of time. So yeah, that's, there awful. is, there is like, there is like a difference between, right. It's like prioritizing or triaging. Yes, exactly. That is something that I think a lot of um, servers don't innately know how to do, but then that needs to be taught to them. And I think yeah. sometimes it's just not, you know, yeah. so yeah. Um, okay. So my, my horror story was actually so funny. We tell this it's over and over again. I was with Brian's dad and stepmom and sister and her husband. It was before I had kids. Um, and we were in Florida and we were at this country club where a family friend. So if you're a member of a country club, you have to, a lot of them, you have to spend a certain amount throughout the year at the 
pro shop and the restaurant. And if you don't, it basically like goes to waste. Does that make sense? Like you have a certain amount yeah. of credit and yep. it was the end of the year. And so we had been invited to go to this friend's country club and have a really nice dinner because he wasn't in town. And he was like, well, somebody at least needs to use up this, um, this credit that we've banked at the restaurant. So we're like, great. They're like really nice country club dinner. And we go and like yours, it was a comedy of errors. But the funny thing was it was supposed to be a very, very nice white tablecloth restaurant. And we couldn't really complain because we were there as guests of a member. Yeah. And it wasn't really our, I mean, it, the <laughs> member could get mad probably. Was it really your place? Cause it, was it wasn't really our place. So the the right. things that I remember specifically were we bought a very expensive bottle of wine and they brought it to the table to do table service. They did not present it or offer a taste, which like okay. red wine. I mean, hello. Yeah. Like I did that even when I worked at like a neighborhood pub. Would, everybody does everybody that. does that so they didn't <laughs> yeah. do that they just started to open it and I think Brian's dad did say something like hey uh gonna maybe check to see if that's the one we wanted the like right they one. didn't do the presenting right. nothing then they start to pour this bottle of wine and there's six of us at the table so a bottle of wine is gonna only be divided by six if we have you know a small like pour. A so you yeah. could either ask or you could pour small portions. But what they did was fill the first two people's glasses like all the <laughs> all way the full, way. like eight, like an eight ounce pour. <laughs> and then they just kind of looked up and were like, oh, oops, we're out you, of wine. Do you want another bottle? And Brian's dad, like, oh my gosh, like the blood pressure is rising. And so that was like one of the first things. They also took everyone's order, but Brian's dad and then walked away. Like when it was time to place our order, like they just forgot who's they'd taken and, and turned their back and just disappeared and didn't take one order. And then I know at least one, at least one piece of meat was like, ridiculously undercooked, like still alive. And and from there, it was all the little things, but I'll never forget that wine present, the, the wine lack of presentation and all of us just sitting there looking like, oh my gosh, what is, what, what is happening, what is right, happening now? Like, right now? Felt like we were on candid camera and then just yes. pouring, like pouring these big pours to the first two people around the circle and then be like, as huh. though they've never dealt with a yeah. bottle of wine before. Yeah. That's crazy. Like <laughs> all bottles of wine have the same amount in them. Right. So they all pour the same. Exactly. Like, so it exactly. doesn't matter. If it's and then asking like, like Oh, I guess maybe do you want to get another one? It was like, well, I don't even know if I want this one because you yeah. didn't let me you taste want another it. Another $250 bottle <laughs> yeah. of wine? Let's yeah. see. <laughs> oh. Anyway. All right. So after the break, we're going to get into our really specific experience yes. last week in Palm Springs. Um, but I'm excited to welcome back our sponsor, FabFitFun, today. FabFitFun is basically keeping me looking trendy and cool for the last like year plus. Like if and I have smelling good. And smelling good. <laughs> if I have something cute, a cute bag or a cute candle. It's always FabFitFun. Yeah. Um, so just as a reminder, FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box. They send you full-sized beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products four times a year. So it's kind of like getting a birthday gift or a Christmas gift four times a year. There's always at least $200 worth of product in the box, but it retails for under $50. So it's totally worth it. I find that it's stuff I, I use again and again, but I probably wouldn't have known to buy myself because it's just not in the aisle of the big box stores where I'm doing my shopping. So this spring, there were a couple of things in the box that retailed for $40 and $50 just by themselves. And yet it's yeah. a box full of this kind of stuff. So when you're a subscriber, you do get to customize your box and choose between several options to customize. So that's really fun. And I actually really love the magazine that comes with it because you can read more about the products and how to use them and, you know, the women who founded these companies. And there's also a social good tie-in every quarter, every box, um, which is really yeah. great. It's fun to learn about the organizations that they're partnering with. A lot of them are supporting girls and women, and we love that. So 
You guys want to get in on FabFitFun, you're going to go to FabFitFun.com and use the coupon code THEMOMHOUR for $10 off that first box. Again, it's going to be $200 at least of product in there. You're going to get it for $39.99 when you use our coupon code THEMOMHOUR at FabFitFun.com. And we're also welcoming back Mod Cloth as a sponsor today. This is always the time of year. I kind of want to up my style game. I'm ready to swap out all my winter stuff. And Mod Cloth's clothes are great for this. They're really body positive. But they're also style conscious and they don't read too young. So like there's definitely young women on the site. Some of the clothes are very youthful, but I also feel like I can get away with wearing most of it. Um, the website's great, too, because the models look like real women just kind of like going about their business. They're not supermodels who are all airbrushed and don't look like normal people. So you get a chance to see what the clothes look like on real people. And also there's this great review community where women actually do post pictures of themselves. Yeah. Um, wearing the clothes, which is great, too. I've actually got my eye on the Unbridled Enthusiasm Wide Leg Jumpsuit for Mom 2.0, which is coming up really soon. Uh, Mod Cloth carries a wide variety of sizes from 00 to 28, and they have a team of stylists on hands to help you with fit questions. So we're going to save you 15% on your order of $100 or more when you use the code MODMOM at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on July 6, 2019, but it's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com, modcloth.com. Use the code MODMOM to save 15% off your order of $100 or more. Such a good deal. Great deal. Okay, it's time to talk about what happened in Palm Springs. Oh, again. boy. All right. I'm adjusting myself. I'm getting, yeah, get comfy. I'm getting, I'm, you know, I'm getting my posture in place because I feel like <laughs> I need to like sit up straight to talk about this. Well, I hopefully <sighs> our, the disclaimer is that we were there for a conference. We are pretty relaxed when we're together that we have, yeah. like we've said, we have a long fuse for little mistakes here and there. So we would not, um, we would not be gathering here today to talk about bad customer, <laughs> customer service, service if it had been one or yeah. two things or if it had been handled well. That's the other thing is yes. you can always um, you can always recover from a bad day or, you know, a set of circumstances that you weren't expecting. Hospitality is about the way you make your guests feel, even in the face of you know, yes. running out of something or a, one particularly rude server or whatever. So that's the disclaimer right. is we are going to, we are going to talk about what went wrong, but just know that like it, it had to be a lot for us to really get irritated. I and, think. and very pervasive. I think like, okay, so I had a very long travel day. Um, uh -huh. I flew from South Bend through, I think Chicago to Palm Springs. So mm -hmm. it was a long travel day for me. And the first sign but something was going awry was that you had offered to get me food so that it'd be waiting for me when I got there or at least already. Ordered yeah, you were really hungry. You'd only had was really hungry. So you were like, I will order room service for you, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like in the Uber on my way there and I'm getting texts from you saying things like, like the room service doesn't work or something. Yeah. And then um, they're out of coffee. Yes. <laughs> so tell that because this okay. is my first tease of what's yes. happening. Okay. So I got to the hotel around, I think, um, noon or so I checked in, check-in was fine. Uh, the room was fine. The room, I don't think we had major issues with the room, although we did hear that some guests at this hotel did. And I actually took a nap, which was lovely. I had slept horrible the night before and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in a hotel by myself and Megan's getting here in a few hours. So I take a nap. I wake up from my nap and I would like just my afternoon cup of coffee, regular coffee, iced coffee, doesn't have to be from an espresso machine or fancy, just coffee. So I walk down to the restaurant, which is kind of like the main restaurant. It also opens out onto like the pool patio area. It's their main restaurant. And I said, where can I get a cup of coffee? And she said, oh, we're out of coffee. And so I, of course, thought she meant 
that particular restaurant right. location, which is still kind of weird. It's just, it's just coffee. So I said, Oh, is there like a front off, like a, you know, a little cafe in the lobby or maybe the pool bar or like, this is a big hotel. So there's several places yeah. where one could get a drink. There's a bar, there's a, and she said, no, the whole hotel is out of coffee. And I was like, really? Like I was more just surprised than anything. Like, that's, what? That's like, that's a weird thing to be out of. And she just had this attitude of like, mm, I don't know what to tell Whatever. you. It's this, right. I don't know what to tell you attitude that became very pervasive. So I walked up to the front desk and I said, I just heard that the whole hotel is out of coffee. Of course they didn't know that this was news to them. This goes back to my, like, know your product and right. know your venue. They're like, Oh really? Huh? That's weird. Well, there's a seven 11 across the street. I was like, well, I, I just want uh, coffee. Like, right. just want a like, cup of coffee. I also don't want to have to go pay. I don't want to have to walk I don't across the street leave. and pay for 7-Eleven coffee. And let's mention there's a conference happening in this hotel. So right. It's not just that the guests couldn't have coffee. Ostensibly, there was no coffee for any of no. the, the whole the conference, conference center. attendees. Nope. None. There was, no, none. Not it's a conference whole. center in a hotel that ran <laughs> out of coffee. Hundreds of people. Yeah. So anyway, that's how it started. Um, and by the time you got there, I had ordered your food from a re from a menu. Like you said, it said in-room dining was the name of the menu yep. that was on our bed. So I'm thinking, great, in-room dining. I push a button on the phone that says room service. I <laughs> order it and they say, every time we tried to order room service, it was a little different. But I think they said something like, well, are you going to come pick it up or would you like it delivered? And I'm like, well, I, I pushed a button called room service. So it would be great if it right. could be brought to the room. And they said, well, that's $5 extra. And I was like, well, that's fine. It's a delivery that's a charge. Fee. That's a delivery charge. That's and then very they, common. They were so weird about it. And they were like, well, it's, it's just easier if we pack it up, like to go here and you come get it. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Who, okay, ca who cares? Let's make, it, let's make it easier on you guys. Okay. So let's also say that when, remember the thing I said about people making you feel stupid when yes. you ask a reasonable yes. question? The next day when I pushed the same room, because after that, I was just like on a roll with that room service button. I pushed the room service button. The guy answers the phone. And I said, you know, I want room service. And he said, we don't have room service. <laughs> and I said, well, you will deliver food to the room though, right? It says that on this menu. He's like, well, yeah, but it's $5. I was like, okay, well, I, I, that's room service. So that's what I want. And he said, yeah, but we're really busy. <laughs> I was like, what? So like, basically, so we you just don't aren't gonna. We're just like, not, gonna. not gonna. Yes, I couldn't believe it. And it was just this attitude of like, whatever. Like, I don't really care. So sorry, I totally skipped ahead. I can't. Remember no, there no. I mean, there's there, no. So that night was fine. So then I think that the other key story, a couple of key stories. One is breakfast the next morning we observed. So, OK, first because of all, they we had to bring go, us room service. They wouldn't bring us room service. And I was mad because, remember, this is the fashionable conference where everyone looks really good. And I was not. And you planning, and I look sloppy. I was not planning yeah. on going out into the world before coffee and yeah. breakfast. So we have to go to the restaurant looking like schmoes or something. I don't know. And um, I mean, my coffee, again, with the coffee, I feel like a broken record, but we, you ordered tea and I ordered coffee. Usually tea takes longer because they have to, you know, get it all set up. Yeah. I still did not have a cup of coffee at the table 20 minutes into our yes. meal. We'd already placed our food order. We'd already like, things were already happening. No coffee. Um, we observed, oh, do you want to tell about them taking away food? Well, you saw it because you yeah. were, your, my back was to the room. All I heard was this woman cussing behind us like <laughs> to herself. She wasn't cussing at anybody, but like, she was like, what really? So anyway, tell them what happened. Yeah, well, she got that. up to say hello to someone. Someone walked by the opening of the restaurant. She got up to give somebody a hug, but her, her stuff was still at the table. Her food was maybe a quarter eaten and she was away from the table for 30 seconds and she came back and they had taken 
all of her food. Her, her food, which <laughs> was her not tea eaten. And her like and her wasn't tea. eaten. No. <laughs> and and then the wait the the manager who looked like she had rolled out of bed that morning. And I don't care how people dress, but she looked sloppy. Like mm-hmm. it was was just kind of standing there. Like she had this permanent expression on her face. Like what? Like that was the look on her face every time I saw her. Like she had no idea what was going on. It was and, and didn't and didn't much care. Okay, really, so that was what like just kind of meh. One of our friends, I won't call out just in case they don't want to be associated with us bashing this experience. But one of our friends said, it's like this whole hotel is a shrug emoji. Like, you know, the emoji oh with gosh. the person being like, eh, I don't know. And I don't yeah. care. Like that, what? Yeah. Yes, that was. The- so and when you get when you get that feeling over and over and over, you start to feel like you're the problem. That's like. Like as an Enneagram too. I mean, I start to almost internalize it and think there's something wrong with me. I don't know how to be at a hotel. Right. Clearly, like I'm not doing this right. Yes. And then it makes me feel bad. Like it's just, it's not a good experience to every time you want something, have someone tell you you're wrong. It doesn't exist. Or you should go to 7-Eleven. Or you should go to 7-Eleven. I'm (laughs) sorry. Like you, you, Miss Manager, you walk to 7-Eleven and pick up a bag of coffee. And then come back here and, make and it. act like, that's more like it's happens. a real problem. It's, that's what that's what makes you start right. to wonder if it's you, because if you're like, no one is acting like this is an actual problem. And yet every time we told the story to someone else we were with, they were like, the whole hotel ran out of coffee. Like, that's super weird. Right. So if they and handled everybody it, everybody like, else had their. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the other thing. Everybody else had their own story. <laughs> as well. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There were other crazy stories. I think the only specific thing we haven't mentioned yet is when we were speaking. So um, we were well taken care of as speakers. We spoke to a group of, I don't know, 75 women about podcasting in the conference center and the event organizers had saved a box lunch for us because our um, presentation was from 12 to one. So a lot of people were eating during that time. And so they grabbed a box lunch for us and we had our box lunches with kind of our purses, our laptops and our stuff on a table up by where with we like were half speaking. empty water bottles. Yeah, like our, it's very clear this table's being we're, used. Our sweaters are right there. We're it is our table and we are currently using it. And we turned our backs to answer some questions right after we um, finished speaking. And they took away our full box lunch and just they were unopened. Just unopened. They just took just up. gone. And I was really hungry. Away. And I was like, and I hate food waste. We I was grumpy. like, what? What? Like I turned my back for a second. Well, oh. and okay. So one other thing, and this is like a little picky. And if it hadn't, if this had been it, I wouldn't really have cared. But I went to go get a tea. Which oh, yeah. Usually a co- like a conference center would generally have tea. Yes. But this one did not. Like it wasn't one of the options. So I had to go back to the restaurant and pay for tea, which five dollars mm-hmm. for a tea bag and some hot water. But mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm standing there. It takes the girl forever. Like she has to go back into like some catacombs or something yeah. to get the tea and bring it back to me. And then it's $5 and some change. And so I handed her $6 in cash and she just stood oh, yeah. there as though, as though she'd <laughs> never encountered cash in her life. Like she kind of just stood there holding it. And then she turned and like looked at the cash register and then she kind of looked back at me. Then she went, she just disappeared and went and talked to someone. And then that person. And then finally I was like, is there a problem? Can I, I can just put it on the room. She's like, we don't have coins <laughs> something like that. And I was like, okay, then you can just keep it. Like, just give me my tea. I have a place to go. It was again, it's not like the fact that she didn't have change. It was that she had no problem solving ability yes. or desire. It was yes. just blank, like a blank face. Like again, like a human shrug, like yes. a shrug emoji, a human shrug um, emoji. Um, I did forget. I forgot the second morning when we just wanted oh, right. 
the morning after the room service, or maybe that same morning, just wanted the the regular coffee service that they put out early in the morning right. at a hotel, which I had asked the night before, what time does that start? 6.30, great. I'm there at 6.30, no one's there. I walked to the front desk and they said, oh, I think maybe the restaurant opens at seven. And I said, well, that may be true, but they, I know for sure they said that 6.30 was when just, just the coffee service. And so they were a good 15. Oh, and then they also suggested 7-Eleven again at that moment. They were like, again, this is 7-Eleven across the street. I'm like, yep, I know. You told me yesterday. Um, by this point, it's been 18 hours. So someone yeah. could have driven to Costco. Right. Or you know what I mean? Like th- this did not need to be a problem. Yeah. I know they still, they had coffee at this point. They, yeah, but they did, but they were a good 15 minutes late it setting it up for the time that had said. Well, um, probably the manager hadn't rolled out of bed yet. Yeah. She was still getting on her, her cardigan. <laughs> so let's talk about the moment, the, 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 like, I don't know, the coup de gras. Yeah. The moment we're at all. So we're sitting out on the patio waiting to have dinner. Like nobody's eating. We're like kind of in this corner of the patio. Mm-hmm. Um, and we joined a group of four other people or five other people. And mm-hmm. we're sitting there and someone had dropped off like a bottle of margarita mix at their table. And they said, like, this, the service is super slow. Like, no one's paying attention to us. And so, yeah, are you supposed to have beverages that aren't yours on a hotel patio? Generally not. Um, but by this point, I think everybody had just given up. Like, Yeah. And the people <laughs> like, who no, dropped it off were about to get on an airplane. So they were more just yeah. saying, like, hey, we had this in our room. We can't fly with it. So here you go. Here um, you go. And yeah. we're still, people are still ordering drinks. We're, we're waiting to go inside and have dinner, like, in 20 minutes. So we're all just kind of sitting there. And then suddenly this man shows up. The first time Bill. anyone in a management position had shown their face. We have the literally week. not yeah. seen a manager the entire time. And suddenly Bill pops up and he's like, uh, who gave you that? Who gave you those drinks? And we're like, what? And he's all stammery and weird. And he was like, well, health department code violations. You can't have that. Like, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, OK. And then yeah, we, we put were it like, away. OK, no problem. Totally get no it. No problem. We put it away. And he walks away. But this is when I flip. I switch flips. <laughs> I was irate. Well, like, OK, so we have to continue with what happened next, which is the sure. last reservation. Right. So, yeah. We, so I was already building. Yes. Yeah, so that happened. <laughs> we then walk in and the group we were with at a foursome and had invited us to join them for dinner. So they had called the night before and made a reservation for four. We were now six. And so they said, OK, we, we're here for our reservation. We were already there, but we were going into the dining room area. We have a reservation, um, but would it be a problem if there were two more? And they couldn't find the reservation at all. They said, well, we, we don't have your reservation because there's a private party here. And the ladies were but, like, well, but, but the we, way she said but it, we made a, a reservation. <laughs> right. And you, the way this woman says it, she goes. Yeah, I don't even know why they would have made you a reservation because uh-huh. we, we have a private party. And so, they, like, we can't even accommodate you. And then they said, well, we can seat four of you since you did. Yes. You said you made that reservation. So we will make room for four, but not six. And we look around and the dining room is completely empty. Now, they were expecting a private party. Totally get it. Again, totally get it. But it's a little confusing why we're, we're not like we didn't ask to quadruple the size of our table like literally we could have squeezed two more chairs and they were very clear that they were willing to seat four but not six and there's six of us standing here and the the dining room is a hundred percent empty and we're like this just seems weird at which point megan says excuse me bill (laughs) this is my (laughs) favorite i happen to look over um the shoulder of the person next to me and i see bill the manager who has just given us you know, and by the way, didn't ask us anything about our service or our stay. Yeah. Did you notice that? Like, yeah. He came over, gave us crap for having this bottle of tequila or margarita mix on the table, but then left and didn't say, so how is everything? Yeah. How are you guys doing? Like, is everything great? He just wandered away. So 
at this point now, I'm just, I can't anymore. And I just said, excuse me, Bill. And he turns around. And then we all just laid into Bill. Like I started and then he goes, he said, I said, uh, or you said, they didn't, there wasn't even coffee. And he's like, what do you mean? Like fancy coffee? And Sarah goes, no, basic human rights coffee. And the and funny then, thing is, I don't even really remember. It's like I was having an You went to a fever state. Yes, you went into like a fevered state and you just rattled off all the things. And then he was like, what do you mean there's no coffee? I know there's coffee in the building. And then that's another thing. Like, yes, I'm telling arguing, you how things, yeah. if I tell you how things were, then don't argue with yes. me. I'm, I'm not like irate. I'm not yelling in your face. I'm just calmly explaining this is what happened. So and he got really real defensive. That's right. He said, there's yes. coffee in the building. I said, I'm not talking about today, Bill. Two days ago, the entire <laughs> hotel ran out of coffee. Not fancy coffee, basic human rights coffee. Like, I just want a cup of coffee, coffee. <laughs> so he kind of stammered and like acted like he was going to make it right. And then we were all like, you know what? Let's just go. And we yeah. went someplace else. We went to a very good Thai restaurant for yeah. dinner. We had a great time. And that night. here's the thing about this. Like, I think we run the risk of sounding super petty about uh-huh. some of this stuff or like cranky grumpy yeah. people that just complain. I never complain. When I do, it's like I've been pushed mm-hmm. to like beyond it's again, it's a, a million things can cascade and go wrong, but yeah. it, it's basically just no one cared it at was, all. It was. And it was the way each individual thing was handled, um, was cumulative and was pervasive and was cultural. Um, and yeah. you have a conference of influencers, um, and many of whom have paid a lot of money either to attend the conference or to stay yeah. at this hotel or both. Um, and I don't think anyone was looking for white glove, like, right. You know, nobody was looking to be, um, pampered. It wasn't that kind of a conference. People were there working, so that's why it just felt baffling. Like you said, it felt like, is this me? Like, am I expecting right, too much? Me? Like to push right. a, rooms, a button that says room service and be told we're too busy. Can you come get right. your own food? Like that just feels like, wait, am I, am I are my expectations out of line? So right. um, or to be told you, we don't have room service. Then I'm like, am I crazy? But <laughs> like, you do. Is there, but, it, but you, I think you, I'm pretty sure you do though. Then you start questioning everything. Like, so, do I even understand the world? So, yeah. So let's break down just that room service button thing again and see how it could have been handled differently. Let's say they've changed their policy for whatever reason. The kitchen can't actually handle. They don't have people to bring you like the silver cloches, like the official room service on the cart. But the phones haven't been updated and they still have that button. Okay, so great. No problem. First of all, don't put a menu in the hotel room that says in-room dining with a menu because that also leads to confusion. And then when you answer the phone, you train your employees to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We recently changed our policy. We don't have room service anymore. Here's your choices. Our dining room is open till eight or we're happy to pack it up in a to-go container for you and hold it here if you'd like to come get it and then eat it in your room. We would have been like, oh, totally get and it. And then we would, no yeah, problem. that would have happened once at the first time you called. Then we would have been like, yep, okay, that's just how it is. Right. But every time we called, we got a very, like a, a slightly different, different version. Slightly different and also very uninformed. So yes, um, I guess, I mean, it's getting, we're running a little long here, but I did write a specific letter to the GM. I did not leave a nasty review. I prefer not to leave a nasty review if I can't actually communicate it to someone I think will listen and care. Because I believe at a hotel of this level, someone would actually care to hear the specifics, not just to hear us rant and rave. I mean, but to really actually understand what happened. So I took the time and I wrote a very detailed letter and I felt, I did feel petty. I feel a little petty having this conversation because it feels gripey. But at the time, it it felt 
Like someone just needs to be aware that people are spending right. hundreds of dollars and some basic human rights, not basic human rights. So, so, yeah. But some some basic hospitality needs are not being met. So and I did get a response. And, and yeah, you did. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and I think that, you know, especially if this represents a big chunk of your budget or this is all the money you have to spend on a vacation this year or a conference or whatever it is. It even feels worse because, yeah. you know, we're not, nobody, nobody's entitled to anything. Right. But when you pay for something, you kind of hope you're going to get a good feeling out of it. Yeah. And it doesn't really, you know, it, when it doesn't, when it doesn't happen, it's really disappointing. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess this brings us to kind of our final thought, which is a strategy for giving feedback. And I kind of said, like, I, I will take the time to give feedback. I also really like to give feedback when I've had a great customer service experience. Yeah. Um, and I'm, as the older I get and the more, I don't know, a little out of the weeds of parenting. I feel like I have a little more time and I travel a little bit more. I really make an effort to let management know when we've had a great experience. The kids and yeah. we just came home from Arizona and stayed at probably, I would, I would call it the same level of a, you know, hotel as the Palm Springs one. Um, and we had phenomenal guest experience at every turn. And again, same thing. It was cultural. You could tell yeah. it was cultural because everywhere you turned, someone was available to help. Um, just going above and yep. beyond in little ways. So it is possible. Um, and I do try to let, I, I do try and communicate when it's been a great experience too. So, um, but I did, yeah, I too. did write a letter and they, um, they did write, I did get a note back offering me a, a couple of complimentary nights, which is, is very gracious. And I may or may not take them up on that. But again, I, I would have probably just rather had a good experience. Like I wasn't looking for experience. more free time at a hotel that may or may right. not have improved its game, you know? Right. Exactly. And I know that we were running low on time, but like, I will also say for me, I don't, we've, you know, we mentioned that we might talk about tipping. Um, I don't tip any differently for bad service. And here's why I, I'm like a 20% tipper minimum. Yeah. I tip better for great service. Yep. I agree. I wouldn't tip less unless I took the additional step to go speak to somebody because I feel like if I just tip less, that does not tell the server what they need to know. Right. They just exactly. think I'm a grumpy person who exactly. didn't want to tip them. And it just, it just creates this like cycle. Right. So if I'm not going to take the time to go talk to someone or mention something, or at least say to the server, you know, like this really didn't go well, I'm right. not going to tip less. Right. Just, I just feel like then the message is lost. And then you've kind of like punished somebody without actually educating them yes, <laughs> or I, like helping them do better. I, so there's I no I totally point. agree. I totally agree. And I yeah. think if the aim is really to improve everybody's experience um, and like treat this as like, okay, well this happened, let's, let's help not have it happen again. Then I agree. Like a tip is probably not going to solve anything. Right. And it feels it a little bit. It doesn't teach them a lesson. Me, no, it's just, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and then yeah. We, we know from being servers, there's so many things that might've been out of their control and they're, yep. they're one point person, but they're not in charge of the entire experience. So yep. yeah, I think, I think, okay. yeah. All right. Well, well, on, <laughs> that was, a, that was a long vent session. Whew. You feel like, <laughs> Do you feel better now or do you feel like you want to like, I don't know. I do feel like I have told the story enough times now and we've gotten some good laughs out of it because it felt so absurd <laughs> at the time. Like, yes. are we on candid camera? Like, is this really happening? Yeah. Um, but I do feel, I feel complete about it. Good. I'm glad we have closure. I do. <sighs> I do. So good. we'd love to hear from you guys if you have um, thoughts on customer service experience, guest experience. If you have lots of years in the restaurant industry, you can always email us hello at themomhour.com or find the show notes blog post at themomhour.com that goes with this episode and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, I promise we are really gracious when we go out and we love a great 
you know, we love to eat out and we love to stay at nice hotels. So we're not, yep. we're not scary. We're not scary. To, <laughs> we're not scary. I'll take mediocre service. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Just not like terribly bad over and over with, with the shrug emoji. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. totally. All right, guys. Well, we will be back with you on Tuesday and Megan, this was fun. This was very fun. See you guys then. <laughs>